Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to salute your sport. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic edition of Salute Your Sports. A new intro this week that I have not heard until just now. I am Matthew Terry, Chris Mitchell, and Luke Maley is filling in for James Stanley, who unfortunately cannot be here this week. So Chris Mitchell is running the board, meaning I probably won't get tormented by all of James' soundbites. Uh, you don't know that. But that's very true. But as we can tell from right now, Chris already has a few tricks up his sleeve for the first time being behind the board for this show. That's like the only one I had. Uh, oh. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. That took. Well, me never few, mind then. Took me a few takes to get it right, but I got it. No, it was. I, I'm impressed by that. You've been talking up the new and improved Salute Your Sports intro. That's right. Don't for, tell James. For the, for the last like two days. Yeah, don't tell James, even though I showed it to you, him. You last told night. me. You actually gave him the intro. That's right. I did. Anyways, I love it. I got Like it, love it, want some more of it. But like I mentioned, we do have someone new sitting alongside me for this edition of Salute Your Sports. Luke Maley in for James Stanley making his first appearance on Salute Your Sports. Luke, how are you doing today? Doing great. So happy to be here. Definitely. Glad to have you here. Always like having new voices, having new input. Because almost everyone here at KCOU has some sort of opinion on Mizzou athletics, whether it's a good opinion or a bad opinion of the program, things like that. So it's always fun to have more people on this show to talk about the black and gold. Okay, so the thing is, what this player is, I accidentally had it set to loop. <laughs> okay. And that's what it did right there. It's not doing that anymore, <laughs> I promise. I don't believe you. Okay, we're going to try it out right now. All right. Oh, it just goes to the next I need to, like, sort these out in, like, individual, because this is all in, like, the same playlist. I'm going to do that while we talk about Mizzou football a little bit. Anyways, <laughs> we have it's a fine. big, <laughs> big, impactful version of Salute Your Sports today. Powerful version. Because big weekend for Missouri Athletics is after we spent the last, after I spent the first 10 minutes of last week's show uh, basically berating Missouri football and some of the coaching decisions and some of the, the way the team played against Kentucky. Uh, they went to the swamp and just took it to Florida. 11th ranked Florida Gators falling to the Missouri Tigers. That's right. 38 to 17 in what is by far the best win in the Barry Odom era. Best win for Drew Locke and his best performance maybe overall as a Tiger. Yeah, I think so. It's one of those things where it's like, at first I was pretty like high on that win because I was like, wow, I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah. Then you realize this is like the exact same game that the universe had been throwing at Mizzou for like the past three seasons, and they just could not do it. So yeah. now that they finally did do it, it's like, yeah, they did it. Finally. Good. It's about Great. time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And it could also signal that this team, this team could have taken that Kentucky loss. And the way they lost that game in giving up that long touchdown drive and the questionable pass interference and the last-second touchdown on the untimed down, and they could have just rolled over. 
for the rest of the season. They could have rolled over easily in this game, and they didn't. They did the exact opposite of that. They proved that they were mad based on that Kentucky outcome, and Mark they wanted man. to prove everyone else wrong that they could win games like this. They wanted to prove us wrong and for me, because that, we were saying it. That's the biggest takeaway of the game for me. Uh, props to Barry Odom for being able to reel in the guys after a you know a devastating loss to Kentucky and uh, you know the final untimed down, which adds to the uh, – if you, if you watched the Missouri-Florida game, you saw all the highlights of um, terrible Missouri sports oh, moments, yeah. especially in football. You know, untimed downs, the, the one down. ball that was yeah, – yeah, fifth down, the ball that's kicked off the foot and caught in the end zone. Like, that's something you don't see unless you're watching Missouri sports. Of course. so uh, <laughs> Only here, man. Yeah, bi- big props to Barry Odom for being able to reel in the team. And, uh, you know, they could have – his guys could have shut down on him. And that I think that – can attest to, uh, you know, what he's doing for the program. The guys support him. I've been one of the hardest people out there on Barry Odom, not liking the coaching decisions from him and Dooley, but, um, you know, he's got his guys, and I think that earns him a little bit more time. Definitely, and this is also something I noticed last year because when the team started 1-5, and they could have easily just walked it in for the rest of the season, but they did the exact opposite. They turned the dial the other direction. And it's something that has to be said. The last two seasons, we've seen this Mizzou team rebound from tough games and tough losses to pull out big victories like this. This is the second straight year of a 20-point victory over Florida. As we remember, last year, Florida came here and Missouri trounced them. And this was a game Florida had a 70% chance of winning, Florida being the favorites. And Mizzou just came out and kicked that away, winning this one. So Drew Locke. Going 24 for 32, 250 yards and three touchdowns. The biggest part of that in the passing attack, and part of the reason why I think it was so good, is because of the return of the injured Emmanuel Hall. Emmanuel Hall had missed, I believe, the last three games with injury. He didn't look like himself when they played Georgia, but he still played. He comes back in this game. Four catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. Drew Locke has his top target back in the, I believe, senior wide receiver, Emmanuel, or redshirt junior wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall. Or is he a senior? I believe, I believe he's, he's a senior. A senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I shouldn't have corrected myself. Anyways, the senior wide receiver, Emmanuel Hall, coming back with a big impact. He's going to probably do some good things for this Missouri Tiger team down the stretch now that Drew has his number one target back. Oh, yeah. The offense just looks so different when Emmanuel Hall is on the field. Like, it doesn't even matter if he's the one catching the passes. He's stretching out the field. He's making other, like, defenders account for him, too, which gives, you know, Camp Scott the open out, gives Albert O the, op- the open out, just all that jazz. Well, and you look at the, so much more dynamic. If you look at the snap count, he only had 33 snaps, so he didn't play the whole game. So, um, you know, Emmanuel Hall, four catches, would you say 77 yards? Mm-hmm. So masterful, masterful performance, you know, in 33 snaps, fitting a lot of action into just those mere 33 snaps. And next week, what does that, what does that mean? Drew Locke's yeah. going to lean on him more and more and more. You know, you, you can notice how much different Drew Locke is with, with Emmanuel Hall and without Emmanuel Hall. And um, I think uh, that's a scary moment for uh, for Vanderbilt next week. Yeah, definitely. And also allows Jalen Knox to not have to be the number one wide receiver. Jalen Knox, the true freshman out of Memphis, Tennessee. And it lets him be not the focal point of the defense every week. And he's slowly yeah. emerging into that number Definitely. one receiver role, but it's still Emmanuel Hall's time here. And uh, when he leaves, Jalen Knox will be prepared to step into that role. Yeah, and it's obvious Locke doesn't have the chemistry with Knox that he has with Emmanuel Hall because we saw against Kentucky, Locke tried to throw a couple of those deep balls to Jalen Knox. It just didn't work out because the timing wasn't right. But now that Emmanuel Hall's back, those deep balls can start up again 
And this could be a fun three weeks of offense for the Missouri Tigers. So, Chris, you'd had a bit that you told me about, and you said you wanted to take it during this show at some point and do this bit. So, f- this is your time right now. So, okay, what so, do you have to say? Okay, so I'm going to read you a stat from the uh, Florida, Florida Mizzou game. And I want you I want you guys to tell me if this kind of sounds familiar to you. Okay. Okay, so Florida sent extra rushers on 11 of 32 pass attempts. On those 11 attempts, Locke completed eight passes for 124 yards and all three of his scores or a rating of 257.42. Whew! Does that sound familiar to you at all? Vaguely. It should because that is the hallmark of the Todd Grantham defense, uh-huh. something I like to call emotional blitzing. Now, for those of you at home, this happened during the Mississippi State-Alabama game towards the end where the situation was, I believe it was a third or a fourth down. Alabama had to convert a first down there to ice the game. So everyone's lined up. Mississippi State is showing blitz. Alabama calls a timeout because, you know, they, like, see the blitz and, all right, we want to change our personnel here. We want to change the scheme up a little bit. Come back to the field. Mississippi State also comes back. What do they do? Still showing blitz. They do not change at all. And normally in those situations, in those high-pressure situations, you think, okay, you know what? It's time to, like, take a deep breath. You know, it's a big situation, but, you know, we got this. We just changed up a little bit. Todd Grant was just like, no! I got this! Just got to blitz them! And then we all know what happens next. Alabama wins the game because they're able to convert on that third or fourth down. Anyways, yeah, that's pretty much the situation here where... <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's just those like super like aggressive, unnecessary blitzes. Uh, Drew Locke was able to read pretty well, actually, since you know all those are like all those blitzes end up being scores one way or another. So salute to salute to uh, Drew Locke there for picking up those blitzes, those De- emotional blitzes. Building off that, the the offensive line and running backs did a great job. Demaria Crockett and Larry Roundtree. Picking up the blitz in the backfield, especially on those deep balls. Locke only went, uh, I believe it was two for six on the deep ball. Yeah, for 82 yards and one score. But, um, you know, still, we saw the impact of Emmanuel Hall. If the running backs can block, the offensive line did a, did a very good job, astounding job by them. And, you know, if, if Drew Locke can have time with Emmanuel Hall on the field, amazing things can happen for this offense. Yeah, and especially against the stout Florida defense, I was coming in as one of the better ones in the country. The two Mizzou... Uh, m- the top Missouri running backs, Damari Crockett and Larry Roundtree, because Tyler Beatty left this game with an injury on the first or second drive and really did not play much. So Mizzou's without one of their three-headed monster in the rushing attack. Damari Crockett, 21 carries, 114 yards and a touchdown. Larry Roundtree, 14 carries, 72 yards and a touchdown. Both of them had a run of 25 yards and the Crockett and Roundtree two-headed monster running back, which Mizzou fans were excited to see going into this year, showing their off all of their potential on this or in this game. Oh yeah, they were on full display. Yeah, five yards per carry for both of them at least. This is one of Demari Crockett's best games of the year. This was another solid game from Larry Roundtree, and it's something that makes this Mizzou offense even more frightening. Because if Drew Locke can throw those deep passes to Emmanuel and connect with those, then you have to worry about that. But then you also have to worry about the bruising Larry Roundtree and the shifty to Marie Crockett coming in out of the backfield and picking up five, six yards of carry. Yeah, the thing the thing on those deep passes, too, is like Drew Locke wasn't really that efficient on deep passes, per se. I think he only connected on like three or four two earlier. Two, yeah. 
Did we already talk about that? I feel like I just yeah, two or six, two or six. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. There was a, a 41-yard catch for Emmanuel Hall and for Cam Scott. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now you got it right. Yeah, here we go. All right, so now that we got that sorted out. Another big day for the Missouri Tiger defense. This is a Florida team that hadn't really gotten off the mark offensively. Some questions about Felipe Franks, if he could come around, and boy, did he not. <laughs> In this game, going 9 for 22 with 84 yards to the point where he did not finish as Florida's leading passer. Kyle Trask came in, went 10 for 18, a much more respectable 126 yards and a touchdown. So was this game the last straw for Felipe Franks? Was Mizzou the breaking point? Because we saw this a lot last year, that Mizzou was the breaking point for a lot of coaches. And now it seems like Mizzou's not coming for coaches. They're coming for quarterbacks this year. Man, I don't know. The thing with Felipe Franks is it's like every time he's out there, it feels like like every like two snaps, it's like, you know how you play Madden? It's just like if you've just drop the controller <laughs> and then just let it let it sort it out himself. And then for that third down, he just goes out there, then whizzes it past someone's head. I Folks, think, it's not good. I think the thing that you really got to think about is um, the third string quarterback, Emory Jones, uh, you know, he's he's played in two games so far. They played a redshirt him. They've already stated that. Um, he played against Charleston Southern the first game of the year and then last week before Mizzou against Georgia. And um, they've already announced they're going to use him in the bowl game saying they do make a bowl game, which obviously I would They not. have six wins, yes. so they're making a okay, bowl game. Okay, there we go. Um, but uh, Trask looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, granted, Mizzou's defense, not amazing, but looked good against Felipe Franks. But it seems to be that Missouri's weakness is against backup quarterbacks. Oh, definitely. Like David Blau? Once Felipe Franks got benched, I started getting worried. <laughs> because I'd seen what backup quarterbacks have done to this team in the last, or so far this year. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> and on another, uh, yeah. another topic sorry, with Felipe Franks, I think when he lays down at night, puts his head on the pillow, closes it, his eyes, you know, sounds, fall, sounds asleep, I think he dreams, has nightmares about Mizzou. It's the second straight year that he's been benched <laughs> against this Mizzou defense. <laughs> Just somehow this Mizzou defense got his number. How does how do, out of all teams in the SEC, Mizzou has Florida's number? <laughs> remember, I remember the 2014 Mizzou versus Florida game. Mizzou had something like 100 yards of offense, and the Tigers scored 40 points. Yeah, that's the thing. It was like I believe that was one of my keys to the game when we were talking about it a few days ago. Was I even talking about it here? It uh, what, it. I think it was on a preferred walk-ons. Name dropping that other t uh, yeah. other uh, radio show here on KCIU. Yeah, I can't find the soundbite. So I'm shout sorry. out to you, Garrett Jones, friend of the show. Anyways, I was telling them how Mizzou would have to put up some wacky box score if they wanted to, you know, beat Florida. Just beat them by some weird mathematical odds. Just put up like negative yards on offense. Win by like 25. It would work out somehow. But nope, they won in a pretty like dominant fashion. Side. Yeah, pretty dominant on both sides of the ball. Well, not really on defensive, but, you I know, mean, enough. So only held Florida to 17 points. And Florida, I mean, Florida finishes with 323 total yards, 210, on, 210 through the air, and 113 rushing. Very uh, chiefsy. Yes. And with this Missouri offense, if you can hold any team to 17 points, you should be able to win the game. You should be able to count on Drew Locke, Demaria Crockett, Larry Roundtree, Emmanuel Hall. Getting you at least 18 points. Yeah, they'll probably net you at least 18 points. Yeah, Should. occasionally they don't, like against Kentucky, but most <laughs> of the time. 
Should is definitely the key word. Yes. There. Oh, yeah. But um, in theory, yeah, you know, I looked up that 2014 game against mm-hmm. Florida and yeah. definitely a lot better performance uh, this time around than in 2014 when Maddie Mock. Yeah. Six of 18 for 20 yards. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. And the leading receiver, White, had two catches for nine yards. Amazing. Three, Our- three special teams and defensive scores in that game. Yeah. Because I remember looking up that game because that was was the year before I came to Mizzou. So I was following the program. So, like, trying to figure out what I was getting into by coming here. And I was like, oh, cool, they beat Florida. And then I kept looking at the stats. I'm like, there has to be a typo in here. There's no way they got got 20 yards and 40 points. And I'm even going to correct myself looking at this now. A kickoff return for a touchdown. By Marcus Murphy. Marcus Murphy, 96-yarder. And then another one, 82-yarder on a punt return for Marcus Murphy. Oh, yes. And two, uh, Marcus Golden, a 21-yard fumble return. And then Devin Roos, 46-yard interception return. Amazing. No Powerful. offensive touchdowns. M- what a good team. What a, what a team that was. What a game. Oh. That was the second <laughs> SEC winning team. But, so, we just set the benchmark for Missouri Tiger offense. 20 points should be able to win you most games. The Tigers should be able to score 20 points against Vanderbilt this Saturday. (laughs) This should, and should is the key word with everything Mizzou Athletics. Mizzou should beat Vanderbilt this weekend. That's true. They are playing here. Vandy's turning up on defense, aren't they? I know they're in slouches. Potentially. Sounds like something we should know if we're talking about them on the show. I'm pretty sure they've gotten better since last year. They have. They're allowing 25 a game. So, you know, respectable numbers, but they're only putting up – they're allowing 25-1 a game, and they're putting up 25-6 a game. So, offense kind of lacking with Shermer Mm -hmm. um, and the running back, uh, Vaughn. But um, Vaughn's numbers, you know, if you you look at them, very, very close to uh, Larry Roundtree's, you know. About 20 carries difference, but one yard separates the two and one touchdown. So, which – Obviously, you got to put into account that Larry Roundtree has Demarie Crockett to deal with, the, the two-headed monster. But. Potentially Tyler Beatty if he's back this yes. weekend because yeah, don't yes. know his status, or at least I personally don't know his status. And, I mean, even last week on his one carry of the game, he busted out for 18 yards. Yeah, exactly. He's electrifying young player. So, I still I think this should be a win for the Missouri Tigers. This Mizzou was able to beat Vanderbilt fairly handily at Nashville last year. Barry Odom got his first win against Vanderbilt two years ago. Odom is 2-0 and against Vandy. The line is Mizzou by 14. Hmm. So. Okay. I take it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Tiger. I think this, I think this is the start of the, like, how last year's second half Drew Locke started, really started with the Florida game. Like, you had those two warm-ups against Idaho, Connecticut. Right. I think this, I think the, the second half rampage of Drew Locke through his last three games of the season are going to start right here. Some issues for Mizzou. Don't know if Albert Okwebenam will be playing. Kendall right. Blanton still has a sprained knee. So Mizzou's two, uh, two starting tight ends are probably going to be Daniel Parker and Sam Bailey. <laughs> and that is an issue because Daniel Parker is a freshman who came in as a four-star defensive end, and Samson Bailey is playing his first season as a converted tight end from being on the offensive line. But, but, if but. you watch the video, if you saw that interview after the game of Daniel Parker, he claims the hands, they're the best in the SEC. You I know. Don't, I don't believe it quite yet. He's got <laughs> a chance he to prove it. himself this weekend. <laughs> That's right. This is time to shine. And if there was ever an SEC team to prove yourself against, it is Vanderbilt. That's right. 
Go Commodores. Wait, the team to meet expectations on. Exactly. That's right. So like I mentioned, the line is Mizzou minus 14. And go I ahead. think the Tigers cover that. Go ahead, take out a second mortgage on your home. <laughs> Bet on this there. one? Put All your savings there. right into this but game right now. Me. That wasn't me that said of that. Of course not. It, yeah, there you go. Nothing on not this here. show should be taken seriously, and you Please should don't. definitely not listen to us when it comes to actual <laughs> advice. But if you we're were, it's your own fault. <laughs> so that's what we're saying. I think final score of this game, uh, the Mizzou offense shows it basically is what we all thought it would be. And the Tigers, I'm going to say Tigers almost, but Tigers threaten 50. They threaten 50. They finish with 48. I'm thinking something like 35-17. I'm thinking about 48-21 to Mizzou. Okay. I could see the offensive onslaught from Mizzou. Um, Emmanuel Hall, he's got 22 catches for 507 and four touchdowns, you know, in limited action. And the leading uh, receiver for Vanderbilt, uh, Kalija Lipscomb, if that's how you pronounce his first name. I vaguely remember that name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 58 catches for 632 and six touchdowns. So he got, got a few more yards than Emmanuel Hall, but yeah. look at those. Look at the receptions, 58 to 22. It's mm-hmm. the deep ball that, that really matters for, uh, for the Mizzou offense this week. Yeah. And that's going to be an issue for Mizzou because of the injuries, like we mentioned. Okwaben on Blant and don't know if Beatty will play. Adam Sparks has a shin injury. So, that being said, I still think this one should be a fairly easy win for the Tigers. Now, you mentioned football. It will be on KCOU this weekend. Looking to make it back-to-back victories as Vanderbilt comes to town on Saturday, November 10th. Tiger pregame live presented by El Rancho begins at 10 will be hosted by yours truly. And Chris will be in studio for that. That's right. Kickoff is at 11. KCOU, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. We're going to take a break. But when we come back, Mizzou men and women's basketball tipped off last night. And a pair of victories for both sets of Tigers on the courts. We'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Salute Your Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Yo, yo, what's good? Superman, man, am I glad to see you. What are you doing on this deserted road? Some guys from school drove out here and we're going to start fooling around with drugs. When I told them all drugs do is mess up your head and get you in a lot of trouble, they kicked me out of the van and drove off. You're right not to get involved in the drug scene. Nobody with any sense wants any part of it. How do I get home? That's no problem at all. Young people from all walks of life have volunteered to take part in a frightening experiment. They are allowing their brains to be altered. Altered to induce paranoia, heart malfunction, memory loss, even early senility. Unfortunately, this is not an experiment. It's what slowly happens to you when you keep smoking pot. No one has to alter your brain. You've already volunteered to do it to yourself. Sixteen semesters and eight years ago, our forefathers brought upon KCOU a new sports talk show, Salute Your Sports. Join me, Chris Mitchell, along with James Stanley and Matthew Terry every Wednesday afternoon from 4 to 5 on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia and online at KCOU.FM. You can check us out on Twitter as well at KCOU Salute. Salute Your Sports is the only Mizzou-centered sports talk show on the KCOU airwaves. Don't miss out on the action. 
culture, KCOU, society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us do. 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Welcome back. Salute your sports here on November 7th, 2018. I am Matthew Terry, Chris Mitchell, Luke Maley filling in for James Stanley. Talking about Missouri Tiger basketball. It was both the men's and the women's teams tipped off last night. And a solid win for the men Tigers winning 68-55 to over Central Arkansas in Mizzou Arena. And a man that will make his name known to a lot of Missouri Tiger faithful this season. Mark Smith being the big player for the Tigers in this one. Finishing with a double-double with around, I believe, 18 points? 18, 20 points? 19, 19. 19 19 points. points. I was close. (laughs) 19 points, 10 rebounds. I'm so feeling a little double-double. Yeah. Double-double for the former five-star guard, the Illinois player. recruit and former Illinois Fighting Illini player last year. That's right. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Former Mr. Basketball in Illinois. Once committed to Mizzou for baseball was Mark Smith before deciding to go to Illinois. But now he's starting his sophomore campaign in the black and gold, and he started off in a big way. He shot five for eight from three in this one with 19 points, like Luke mentioned, after just shooting 23.2% from three during his freshman year in Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, he had himself a very respectable knife from behind the arc. Indefinitely. And that's one of the things that people wanted to see from the Tigers is we didn't really know who was going to provide the scoring. With Cassius Robertson graduating last year after his one year as a grad transfer from Canisius, with Jonte Porter going down with injury, with Jordan Barnett graduating, there's a lot of points that need to be scored, and they're up for grabs. And it, at least in the first game, Mark Smith was the first one to grab onto him with those big 20 points. Yeah, the big question coming into this year was, who's going to be like that sharpshooter that Cassius Robertson was? And it looks so far, it looks like Mark, Smith, Mark Smith's got it, which is fine. But the next big problem was it didn't look like anybody else was up to the challenge in any way, shape, or form. I think that uh, another name that can be considered in that is Torrance Watson, which I know last night he looked really, really nervous airballing his first oh, shot, yeah. going over his first three before knocking in a bucket and kind of settling down. But, um, you know, not the type of debut I think he would have wanted. I don't think it was the debut that Mizzou fans would have wanted. But um, I think he's got a bright outlook. Um, you know, very talented player, you know, p- playing in St. Louis, Whitfield High School, um, you know, being player of the year in that 3A division and, um 
doing a great job in high school, averaging over 35 points a game. Coming into Mizzou, a little bit nervous playing in front of all these fans, but I think he's got a high upside. That's definitely what I thought of Torrance Watson from this game, and it's someone that I was watching during the game, and he seemed really content at points, and I can't fault him for this because he had to have been nervous. Like, I definitely would have been nervous if I had been in that situation playing my first NCAA game for an SEC school that for a state that I grew up in. And he just seemed content at times to just stand in the corner and wait for sort of the defense to leave him open instead of getting open himself. Yeah, that's the thing. I saw a lot of, uh, from what I saw of the game, a lot of players just, you know, standing around waiting for the action to come to them. I think part of that is on, like, the players, of course. I think another part of that is on the coaching. Not getting them, you know, like, getting them, like, in position to, like, you know, move around, be more, like, be more, you know, a little bit more loose. Trying to, like, make those plays happen themselves. Yeah, definitely. It was something, uh, a couple times I definitely noticed it where ball be passed into someone in the post, whether it be Tillman, Per, your Nico, someone like that, and the rest of the team would just sort of stand around the perimeter, not really move to get open setting screens or anything like that. So offensive movement is definitely one of the things this team will have to work on. It's something that Mizzou struggled with last year at certain points. And it's definitely going to be a big part in whether or not they're able to just put up enough points to win games offensively. Because the defense is solid. That's always Conzo Martin's calling card. It has been at every stop along the way when it's come until he's come up here to Mizzou. We knew the defense is going to be good, but the offense just needs to be good enough to get enough points on the board. It's a little bit of an inverse of uh, the footballs. Definitely. Football team. It's like where it's like the defense just has to be good enough. For the offense to do some damage. But going into this year, since the season did just tip off, I gave most of my thoughts about the Missouri Tiger men's team on the show last week. So we have two new people on the show this week. Even though Chris is a recurring host, wasn't on the show last week. That's right. I was out of commission. Yeah, we had a different... For mysterious Halloween reasons. We had a different Chris filling in for Chris. I was right. So gentlemen, I want That's you to give your Chris. thoughts on how you think this Missouri Tigers team will do this year. I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be, like, more of a down year. I think this is, like, going to be – this is definitely, like, the bridge year. Yeah, this is the setup year, I think. Yeah, this is going to be the big setup for, you know, got all the guys coming in next year. Uh, names blanking right now. McKinney, McKinney Jackson. Yeah. Some big names. McKinney, McKinney, Jackson. Yeah, those are going to be the big guys going forward. Then, of course, you know, it's going to be big because Jonte's not going to be around this year. He might be around next year, might not. Don't really know as of yet. So right now it's just about making sure like all the new kids get situated, making sure like, you know, your Purriers and your Barnets are sent off on their, you know, merry way since this is their senior year. But yeah, there should be a lot to look forward to. Don't problem. I'm not probably not going to expect like a whole lot. Like I don't think there's going to be like uh, any like surprise, like big upsets this time because I don't think uh, Mizzou's equipped for that this year. But I also don't think that means we're going, they are going to miss be missing out on the tournament. As far as probably like a low, low seed, probably going to have to like play in. But yeah, they'll probably make the tournament. I'd say the same thing, you know, play in game, lower seed or even NIT high seed. Um, uh, You know, obviously not a tanking year, like still a very good team. Not top of the SEC, who is slowly developing in basketball. As we saw last year, a lot of SEC teams finding success. Um but I think the, the most important piece of this Missouri basketball team is Kevin Purrier. You know, not the best player on the team, by any means. But Kevin Purrier, if he can get his points, which last night he struggled to get his points, but he reeled in 10 boards. And, you know, that's huge. I took away from last night, 
Missouri basketball team needs to find a way to rebound, especially on the defensive end. You know, got a few offensive boards, that's going to help you out. But defensively, just giving up too many offensive boards to a team, Central Arkansas, like, not not SEC quality. Exactly. They're not like horrible per se, but yeah, they're not like you know. No, it wasn't awful. No. But by any means, rebound better. Just oh, yeah. and I think that's something that Conzo can fix pretty quickly. You know. I watch Conzo on television and he makes me want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> I, I think that playing for him would make you want to run through two brick walls. So um, at least. But you know, last night I took away, you know, kind of game trends, you know, uh, Mark Smith, obviously re- really good. Jeremiah Tillman not picking up any fouls in the first half. Wound up having four in the second half. Naturally. Typical Jeremiah Tillman. But, you know, it did look better. You know, had a couple huge blocks. Um, played well in the post. Um, Javon Pickett, really, really liked the way he plays defense. Moves very quickly. Plays defense. Gets, um, you know, his hands on the ball a lot. Poking it out. Um, and going in transition, which is going to be a strength for Mizzou this year, being that our... Half-court offense looked a little bit lackadaisical. Yeah, it didn't suspect. seem like there was much of a rhythm. It just yeah, kind of a five-out rotation. Yeah. yeah, you know, very much a first day like a, ugh, sleepy slumbering Mizzou offense. First but, day back on the job. You know, clocking in at like eleven or like ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> but my hot take from this game: Xavier Pinson over Jordan Geist. I just Jordan Geist just does something. Maybe it's just me, but he just does something to the offense that I I don't like. Don't worry, it is very much not just you talking to most Missouri fans. Nope. <laughs> in that uh, Jordan Geist hasn't done, hasn't won many people over no. in the past uh, no. year and a half. Scrappy on defense, though. Very scrappy. Very, very scrappy like, player. I think he's in uh, a player that Conzo can put into the game mm. to use as a spark on defense. You know, he got some quick transition buckets, you know, drawing some fouls, but just running the point, it just sometimes, first of all, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn shooting yesterday. Got his points, you know, going towards the bucket, which is fine. But um, just not looking up and shooting that pass into transition, you know, down. I think there was a couple times where uh, Smith, Watson, and even Pickett in the corner, just virtually wide open, you know, if you if you push the ball up the floor and, you know, almost like he's looking down. Uh, I was sitting next to a buddy of mine, and he he made the comment, we need to get Jordan Geist those, those glasses, if you've seen them, that it's – for dribbling, it's so that you can't see your hands or the ball to work on, you know, feel oh, with, with the those ball. like uh, yeah, the, the black like glasses underneath. with the, with the yeah. virtually reversed eyelids so yeah. you can't see down. But, um, you know, overall, sloppy game, but coming out with a win and, you know, we, we at least got a base on this Mizzou team and really like what Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman and Javon Pickett were doing. Yeah, definitely. And that is something about Jordan Geist and the last year. There have been few players in SEC basketball that have defined the phrase flop with purpose quite like Jordan Geist has. His toolkit reminds me a little bit of like a, sort of like a poor man's or like a baby Pat Beverly. Yeah. It's sort of like super like scrappy on defense. Yeah, scrappy on defense, good at drawing fouls, and really just making it seem like he just got clobbered on plays <laughs> when sometimes he just didn't. And very good at that. Of course, we saw it against uh, Mississippi State last year, drawing the offensive foul in overtime to eventually seal that game. That's right. All those acting classes paid off. Salute to you, Jordan Geist. But one thing I did notice about Xavier Pinson is that, boy, is he going to frustrate some people at times, and he is going to wow people every other time. Because he is going to make some incredible passes, and there are times where he's going to throw the ball to where absolutely nobody is. 
Phil Pressy. <laughs> I remember the, you know, terrific passes that he made, you know, yeah. you know, spin it behind somebody and, you know, for a two-handed slam. And then there's the other pass that's thrown three rows into the crowd. Like, where, where was that going? If Pinson can turn into the player that Pressy was, oh. Oh. then he is, and Mizzou I'm fans not, are in for a treat. I'm not calling no. that. I'm not, I'm not drawing that comparison okay. quite yet. But um, he's, got, he's got a little bit of a glimpse of what he can do, you know, in the passing game. And, you know, throwing up some shots last night that I don't quite know how they went in, but pretty impressive. But biggest thing for him is he's got to get in the weight room. Definitely. Very, yeah, very small. He could, he could hazard the bulk up a little bit. But, yeah, I think I think it's the big thing for me this year is we need to see growth from the young players and growth from the freshmen. Players like Pinson, like Watson, like Mark Smith, and getting those guys a year under their belts at Mizzou Arena going into next year is going to be the big thing because that's when McKinney's going to come in. That's when Trey Jackson is going to come in. And that's when things are going to hit the ground running here with Mizzou basketball. My first, times. I agreed with you guys on last week's show. I said Mizzou would finish around middle of the pack in the SEC and maybe sneak into the tournament. I'm of the opinion that they're going to be one of the first four seeds in the NIT. I agree. So they're going to be the first four out, which would be sad and heartbreaking, especially since Mizzou fans have been longing for good basketball. And they finally got it back. But I think you just have to wait a little bit longer. And if you sat through those Kim Anderson years, you can afford to wait one more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can afford, come on. You can afford one more year of waiting for mediocrity or being mediocre and waiting for something great because I think Conzo Martin's on the cusp of it here. Yeah. I he, could hazard watching a few NIT games at like a Zaxby's or something late at night. Of course. All right. Got something else to talk about here before we go to break. Got a B&B bagel profit share. Hey. Coming up, don't miss a special opportunity to support a local business and support KCOU on Monday, November 12th, which is next Monday. B&B Bagel and KCOU will be teaming up to do a profit-sharing event. 10% of all sales that day will go towards KCOU, so go and enjoy the best breakfast in Columbia and support your favorite radio station in Como on Monday, November 12th. When we come back, Mizzou women's basketball also tipped off. We're going to talk about them we're going to end the show with some airing of grievances to finish it out. Don't go away, folks. You're listening to KCOU, Salute Your Sports. They call you when they need some trees for the blood, to cheese for the front. I found a way to get peace of mind for years and left the hell alone. Turn a deaf ear to this. Ball don't lie. Straight up, give it to us. Ball don't lie and neither do we. Catch Ball Don't Lie every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1. With me, Anthony Dean. Derek McKinney and Connor McKinney. Uh, Wallace picks up two quick technicals. Ball don't lie. That ball don't lie. Good evening. The game you're about to see is the most stupid, appalling, disgusting, and disgraceful exhibition of football possibly in the history of the game. Hi, I'm Kyle Jones. And I'm Cole Toussaint. Tune in to our show, KNC Sports, every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9. We discuss all the latest and greatest scores and stories from around the world of sports. Remember to tune in every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9, only on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia, or online at KCOU.FM. You don't want to miss it. Oh, this is absolutely ridiculous. 
I think Kid A is probably their best single album. Uh, my favorite individual song is Life in a Glass House, the perfect uh, mixture of harmony and chaos. Ken Bone, Radio Man, KCOU. Every Thursday from 4 to 5, tune into KCOU 88.1 for Cut the Nets for commentary over the NBA. Like everyone but shoots like 40% from three in Brad Stevens' offense. That's not Marcus Smart. NFL. Browns are going to finish like 6-6-4. Six, six, and four. Mizzou Athletics. Which these, these next three games are the biggest opportunities for Mizzou to suck I, I, out of any games all season. I've, and more. His hairline's like back, like way back. He looks like he's like 40. He looks like a dad. Check out Cut the Nets. We'll be back next week, same time, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Thursdays. And Chuck, always shoot your shot. Want to support KCOU while having the best breakfast in Columbia? Now you can. All day on Monday, November 12th, b Bagel will be donating a portion of their profits to KCOU. Start your week off right with a great breakfast from b Bagel and support a great cause as well. Monday, November 12th at b Bagel. We'll see you there. Yo. MF Doom. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. The last 20 minutes here of Salute Your Sports on KCOU 88.1. Matthew Terry, Chris Mitchell, Luke Maley filling in for James Stanley. Talking about the Mizzou women's basketball team. Now, of course, if you're normally listening to the show, this is the time we would normally do or not. But Chris and I realized at about 3.40 today that neither of us had one prepared, so we don't have one. Not a single one. No topic. Not good. But hey, that a gives lack us more time of preparation talk- from the two of us. That gives us more time to talk about Sophie Cunningham. Exactly. Which is what you guys come here for, right? Incredible. Like, almost every single time. Because Sophie Cunningham is arguably one of the greatest, I mean, is one of the greatest Mizzou women's basketball players in history before her senior year starts. And she's already on pace for another fantastic year. Mizzou went to Western Illinois last night, winning that one 89-64. to And Sophie Cunningham once again being Sophie with 31 points off 12 for 20 shooting, 2 for 6 from 3, and 8 rebounds. Lauren Aldridge and Amber Smith also both added 14 points, but it was mainly Sophie Cunningham claiming her spot as one of the top players in the SEC. Yeah, she, she does such a great job creating her own shots. Like, you know, listed just as a guard, can handle the ball some, but but isn't the primary point guard by any means. And when she gets the ball, she can create her own shot, and it really makes it easy on the point guard and the rest of the team. She, you know, goes towards the bucket well, shoots the ball well. You know, awards are coming for Sophie Cunningham. You know, right now I, I looked at it last week, she's – the projected number five pick in the ne- next year's WNBA draft. So highly praised, not only here at Mizzou, but nationally. Who would that pick? What would that pick go to? I'm trying to think. Like, I'm, I'm not as well versed on who's bad in the WNBA. Like, I'm versed in who's no bad in every idea. other league. The I'll only do some person research I care on that. about is her. <laughs> no ma- but no that. matter where she goes, she's definitely going to get the support of Salute Your Sports. 100%. Sophie was named to the all SEC team in the preseason polls. This is a Mizzou team that was projected to finish fifth in what is traditionally a strong women's basketball conference. Yeah, if nothing else, the SEC has really got a women's basketball unlocked. Yeah, definitely. Super competitive conference. 
And I think fifth is about right for Mizzou. I can see them sneaking up into that top four because Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Tennessee are going to be good like they almost always are. Yeah. <laughs> but Mizzou, their they're spot, they're spot on that uh, top four line, and it could have Missouri written all over it yeah, that's right. by, this time, by the time the year is done. But, of course, they're going to have to get some production from not Sophie. As hard as that is to believe, Sophie can't do everything herself. I man, if you told me that when I was watching that Washburn game, I wouldn't have believed you because man, <laughs> she was a one. She was a one-player army during that game. My goodness, and it's not a one-trick pony for Mizzou. Obviously, definitely not. Everyone yeah. else kind of falls back, you know, and in the mask of glory for Sophie Cunningham, but. Um, you know, she had her 31, but quietly behind her, Lauren Aldridge and Amber Smith having 14, you know, both other guards. So the guard play for Missouri, huge, very good guard play. You know, question is, what are you going to get from your, uh, your bigs? But, um, you know, with guard play like this, there's, there's so many opportunities. And we're talking about the guards of Missouri. They don't even mention Jordan Chavis, who had nine points off three for six from three. They can get shooters like that around Sophie. Can, Sophie can also do a go, good job of creating offense for other people, doing a good job of drawing defenders over, kicking it out, trying to hit some threes. The Tigers went 9 for 27 from three last night. They can get that number up just a bit more. It's going to be a dangerous Mizzou team. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> probably going to be like at least one of like the top three competitors in the conference. They can get their threes up like that. And they can definitely, this is a team that could also definitely ho- end up posting an NCAA tournament like little suburbs. Oh, yeah, for sure. Being one of those top four, uh, one of the top 16 teams in the country. They were close last year. They were, super they were the close. five seed, forced to go to Palo Alto uh, before losing the dreaded 5 12 matchup to Florida uh, Gulf Coast. Uh, if if those you get that five seed, yeah, yeah, it's over. You know, no, it's over. Four seed, you're good. Time. Six seed, you're good. Five seed, no. Uh, no. Never. Just, just go home. Just don't even show up. Exactly. <laughs> Sad news in the schedule for women's basketball is that South Carolina sadly will not come to Mizzou Arena. So Mizzou really? fans will not have the opportunity ah. to go after Don Staley. Uh, sadly. Just heckle him to like no end. Exactly. But they do go to the other Columbia uh, towards the end of January and January 21st. That's obviously circled the T-1000 on all these schedules. Mississippi State will also not be coming to Mizzou Arena. So there's your two mm. biggest opponents, but they do get Tennessee. Hey. Here. Coming to Columbia on February 17th. That's going to be a fun one. Definitely the biggest home game of the season. For sure. For Mizzou's women's basketball team. For sure. They can pull off some upsets like that. And if by some miracle they can steal one of those two mm. at South Carolina and Mississippi State, Woo. that's a tall task Whoa. against teams as talented with Mississippi State, who won the national championship two years ago in women's basketball. And I know it's weird that someone that's not Connecticut wins the <laughs> national title. Yeah. It's happened two years in a row now. But Mizzou could be a team to surprise people later on. Potential top four team in the SEC. Potential top four seed in the NCAA tournament. And maybe they can make a run that we haven't been able to see from the Mizzou Tigers team in the Sophie Cunningham era. And, man, if there was ever a way for Sophie Cunningham to go out in a blaze of glory, it'd be uh, knocking off one of those teams like that on the road. Definitely. And going, like, super deep into the tournament. Yeah. And I'm it, here for it. Oh, I'm so here for it. I, I definitely see that happening and uh, could back that. Going back towards the schedule, I mm-hmm. think the most um, – attractive matchup is 
the 16 right now versus 11 Tennessee at Tennessee, I believe. Mm-hmm. But um, that game could be a good one with Tennessee being such a storied uh, program, you know, women's basketball, you know. When you think of women's basketball, not as highly touted as men's basketball, which for whatever reason, being, um, you know, the women's basketball, they get after it. Oh, like definitely. The, the, the top programs, you know, can Connecticut, Baylor, Tennessee, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Mizzou now. You know, these teams really get with it. They've got some girls that have some, um, you know, pure talent, work hard. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see what happens in that one. You know, you talked about South Carolina and Mississippi State, uh, those games. But I think you win those games and you're very well looking at a top three seed. Oh, definitely. If they can knock off one of the two top teams in the SEC, because this is a tough road slate of games for this women's um, basketball team and that they have to go to the top three teams in the SEC. They also host Georgia, who's projected to be four right now. So that's also going to be a game to look out for. But regardless, it's going to be a fun season of women's basketball. Be the last year of Sophie Cunningham, but fear not because Aja Blackwell's on her way. That's right. I was about to add it. Sophie Cunningham 2.0. Exactly. As much as we love Sophie, her time as greatest women's basketball player in Mizzou history might only last four years. And another Whitfield commit for Mizzou. You know, now Torrance Watson, Blackwell. Perfect. Shout out to you, Just got to lock down those borders, baby. I'm all for it. All you got to do. Front of the show, Shout out Whitfield. That's right. (laughs) We're going to take one last quick break. Talking about Missouri Tiger. Men's basketball is back on KCOU all season long. From the home opener, which happened last night, to the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands, to the Bragging Rights game in St. Louis. You can hear every Mizzou men's basketball non-conference game on KCOU and KCOU FM. KCOU 88.1 FM is the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. And take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up with an airing of grievances. Thank you for sticking with us so far. Only about five more minutes left on this show, folks. Don't go away. Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Put Me In Coach is back for the fall semester. Catch Adam Cole, Bennett Durando, and myself, Jimmy Frouse, for the latest insight on sports that people care about. And curling. Tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM. And don't forget about our title segment, where we'll look at the worst in sports from the past week. It's a groovy time. This is your boy Rubik's and I got a message for all y'all out there. You find yourself with nothing to do from noon to 2 on Monday. Tune into my show, The Lounge at Lunch with Danny Bing. We got the freshest music and the hottest takes only on KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM. Last time I seen him was at the store with a spice eye looking salty. I stepped out with some cold. Everybody and welcome back. Salute your sports in the last five minutes of the show. Today, 
like to end the show one of two ways. This way, we're doing it in a way that just makes us mad. That's right. Airing of grievances. Chris, do you have the sound bite ready? I believe I do. All right. Maybe. With the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. Perfect. Now you're going to hear about it. Now you're going to hear about all of our problems, big or small. Chris Mitchell is going to lead it off. Chris, take it away. What do you have to complain about today? Okay, I got to complain about my favorite baseball team, my hometown, Kansas City Royals. The thing with the Royals is their their, uh, club is going to be looking for a new manager in the next one or two years because Ned Yost's contract is almost out. Who are they looking at right now? Mike Matheny! The guy that the Cardinals can't because he stinks. You literally, the way he manages bullpens, you could put all those names into a random generator, and that would probably have a better outcome than what he did to his rotation and his bullpen. Shout out to you, Mike Matheny. You're probably going to ruin my team if you're the next manager. The Royals are back, baby. Go KC. All right. I've got two of them today. Okay. A quick one and then a right. little bit okay. more of a bigger one. Gotcha. Duke's freshman versus all of Kentucky, outscoring the whole Kentucky roster, 89 to 84. Oh, so let, let's put that in perspective. All of Kentucky scored 84. And it's Kentucky. It's not just some Kentucky normal team. Two no, it's not like a Wofford or something. And Kentucky. Duke's four freshmen scored 89. 33 from R.J. Barrett, 28 from Zion Williamson, 22 from Cam Reddish, and six from Trey Jones. So don't, I see you, Trey Jones. To, yeah, that's Shout out to you, Trey Jones. Hey, he made the difference there. He did. He, he needed five. He got six. That's all I've got. All right, my second. Why does, when will KU, with a lowercase k, Good. Lower get case punished? K. The Missouri Tigers vacated the 23 wins from the 2013-2014 season and self-imposed a one-year postseason ban. They didn't play in the NCAA, or in the SEC tournament, excuse me, or any other postseason competition, and didn't receive the associated revenue from those competitions because of something the former coach Frank Haith did when he was at Miami, not Missouri. At some point, with all the players being named uh, that are attempted to be paid or are paid uh, by the Kansas basketball program, something's got to happen. Big name players like Zion Williamson being offered and then having a change of heart, so to speak, and going to Duke. Or Sylvia de Sosa, Billy Preston, but time and time again, the NCAA turns its head and decides we've just got that love for the blue bloods. Of course. Speaking of blue bloods, I'm a diehard North Carolina Tar Heels fan. Father went there, raised my entire life, go Tar Heels. I'm not here to talk about the UNC basketball team because it doesn't matter because Duke's too good, so I don't want to talk about it. I'm here to talk about the North Carolina football Tar Heels, oh. a team. That started Nathan Elliott at quarterback this year. That has benched Nathan Elliott at quarterback three times. And that is playing Nathan Elliott at quarterback because all three other quarterbacks got hurt. <laughs> the Tar Heels are one and seven so far this year. They'd have at least five wins if literally anyone else was playing quarterback. <laughs> it's so frustrating to see such a great group of skill position players from Anthony Ratliff Williams, Deami Brown, Michael Carter. Antonio Williams, all these great four, five-star players that have come to play in Carolina Blue get wasted because the quarterback is just that incompetent. And I'm not mad at Nathan Elliott because he's trying his best. It's not his fault that the backup quarterback is now a walk-on because the other three got hurt. The two freshmen that looked good got hurt and could lead UNC's offense. They both got hurt. 
losses to Cal, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and now Georgia Tech should have been wins if they had an average quarterback. But Nathan Elliott is just not good. And I can't be too mad at him because they have no other options. It's frustrating. It's so just, it's far removed from three, not even far removed from three years ago when UNC went 11 and 1 and went to the ACC championship. But last year they went three wins. And now Fedora's on the hot seat because he doesn't have a quarterback that can throw the ball. And it's kind of his fault, but also kind of not really. And it's frustrating. And I just needed a way to vent about that. Because it is hard to watch UNC football today. It's like trying to be mad at Nathan Peterman. It's like, yeah, he stinks, but can you really be mad at him? With Nathan Peterman, did you guys see he threw three picks <gasps> and his ratio of passes thrown to interceptions went down? It's insane. Three interceptions and that went down? Yeah, Shout was... out to you, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Shout out. Friend... performance last Sunday. Word Word of the, the show, Bills Nathan Mo- Peterman. Words of the Bills Mafia. A few last words to say here, Sports Saturday. Don't forget, every Saturday this fall is a KCOU Sports Saturday. Listen to your favorite KCOU sports shows every Saturday all day long. No huddle, breaking the plane, and of course, Mizzou football and basketball and more every Saturday. It's not just Saturday, it's KCOU Sports Saturday. Ran a little bit longer than we intended to, but it's okay because it's been a fun show today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Luke, for joining us. Thank you, Chris for producing it's been a fun show i am matthew terry thank you everyone to listen listen again next wednesday for our last show before thanksgiving break thank you once again this has been salute your sports on kcou